Amen. Boy, we're glad for you to be here tonight. We want you to get in and enjoy the Lord. And, and uh, I'll tell you, I love it. I just love coming to church. I always have. It's the strangest thing I like going to church even when I was lost. That's the strangest thing. But I just like going even when I was lost. And, and now that I'm saved, I really like it. I really like it now that I'm saved. And, and I enjoyed that. Play softly for me. Let me say just a couple of words and we're going to get right on into a congregation song. Hey, sometimes we take for granted because we know what we're doing. But there's folks that will slip into a church service that don't have no idea what's going on. I want to let you know something tonight. We're not crazy. You didn't get inside some nutcase facility. You didn't come tonight to a, some made-up junk, and, and we didn't stop by the ABC store and get us a fifth of liquor to get us all tanked up so we could act the fool when we got in here. The Bible says that they supposed the disciples to be drunk, and they said, we're not drunk as you suppose. I'm telling you something, folks, we've come and if you're here and you're not familiar much about church, amen is what we do. Down at the ball game, if it's a basketball, they'll be hollering, take that shot. We're around here, we holler amen. Things is different. We got a different vocabulary down at the house of God. We talk different. We say things like hallelujah. We say things like praise the Lord. We got folks that'll jump and run the aisle and don't judge their praise. You don't know what they had to go through just to get here. So don't judge somebody's praise because you don't know what they're facing in life. Sometimes they've just got to praise and to be able to make it through life. It's not necessarily that we're fighting an ache or a hell. It's just we're living life. And there's stuff that we have to go through. And so when somebody jumps up and hollers glory, and if that's not your cup of tea, you just order you another cup of tea and let us drink the cups that we got. We do that kind of stuff. We believe in shouting, praising the Lord. And I thank God that we got something to shout about. We've got something to praise the Lord for. God's been good to us. God is good to us. And God's going to be good to us. God's never messed up, and he's not going to start with us. Somebody needs to know tonight that God is still a God that hears and answers prayers. He's still a healer tonight, still setting the captive free. I'm glad he still brings deliverance. Let me say it like this. I'm glad he's still a light in a dark place. I'm glad he's food in a famine. I'm glad he's water in the desert. Have I got a witness? So if you're here and you're not familiar much about how church people act, hold on when you leave here. You'll know how church folk act. Amen. And don't ask us to explain it to you because if we had to explain it, you wouldn't understand it. But if you get born again, we won't have to explain it to you. 
you be fooled right around and say, give me a drink of that. And then you'll start shouting and praising the Lord for where God's brought you from. Let me say number next. Don't sit up in here tonight and act just because you've done something you're the worst one in here. I'm going to go ahead and clear the air. Everybody sitting in this building ain't nothing but a bunch of hell-deserving individuals that thank God one day got born again, saved by the grace of God. There ain't no good none of us around here. Some of you, I see your marks. Others, we've got ours disguised. But all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I'm going to tell you, friend, you look around and say, well, they look good. They're going to look at me like I'm something. No, we ain't looking at you like nothing. We come to looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We've got our eyes on the Lord. As Apostle Paul said among sinners, I'm chief. And so you're, if you've done wrong, you in good company. That perfect crowd's down somewhere else. I don't know where they are. Uh, but if you've done wrong, you're amongst like-minded folk because we all have done wrong. But blessed be the Lord who has forgiveness that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. I'm glad, thank God, God's grace is sufficient for every sin. No matter what you've done, who you've done it with, who you've done it to, or where you've done it at, I'm glad there's a place called Calvary that fixes all of that mess. I tell you, we ought to get ready to run and shout and act like we at church. The cross of Calvary fixes all that mess. I'm glad I've had my heart fixed. I didn't go to a doctor write a book. I didn't go down to some doctor over at Bon Secours. I didn't go over to uh, 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 Prisma or wherever. You may have a hospital, a doctor. Thank God I went to Dr. Jesus, and he took care of all of my problems. I'm glad the old song said, I rest my case at the cross. Anybody glad you got it settled at Calvary? Glad I got it settled at Calvary. So if you're here, we're not crazy. You didn't get amongst a bunch of idiots. We know some stuff. We acting like this because we know some stuff. We ain't acting like this because we don't know nothing. We act like we do because we know something. I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that. that I know some things. I know some things. I, sometimes you may say, Preacher, you don't know nothing. If you knew what I knew, you'd know I knew what you think you know. I'm glad I know the Lord. Amen. And he knows me. And so if you're here and you don't even know what's going on, just hold on a little while. You'll start liking it. Amen. You'll start liking it. Because church is different than going to the club. And amen belong right there. I hate to have to keep instructing y'all. Church is different than the club. When you're at the club, you stop when the music stops. 
When you're at church, you go and there ain't nobody playing an instrument. If there ain't nobody singing a song, you just get into that glory world and start enjoying the Lord. So let's have church tonight. What do you say? Let's act like Christians tonight. What do you say? Act like Christians. That means praising the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're the only ones got something to say that's worth listening to. Amen. Somebody say the Lord's good. Somebody else ought to say, uh-huh. Somebody say the Lord brought me from a mighty long way. Somebody else say, me too. Stuff like that. So let's act like we're church. Let's have church. And let's enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Let's stand together and get your hymn book. And let's sing these songs. And these songs will sound different. Now, they got some churches where you don't know if you're at the club or church by the music. But you'll find out the music we're going to sing around here, they don't sound like that down yonder at the, at the club. We're going to sing them songs that get to your heart before it gets to your feet. Say amen right there. Amen. All right, Brother Dwayne, come on, give us our first song. Page six. Page six. I want to know more about my Lord from Jesus. Amen. I sure do. While traveling through this world of sorrow, I'm on my way to glory land. I'll not turn back for some tomorrow. My trials here, I'll understand. I want to know more. when his soul ascended. Listen, I'm coming back, the Lord did say, if on his promise you depended on wings of love you soar away. I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to 
That last verse said he promised. That right there is enough to get ready to shout because when it said he promised, I'm interested in what he promised. Because if he promised, what did he promise? He said, I'm coming back. We're not acting the fool in vain. We're just passing through. We're not on our way to Bull Street. We're not on our way to some asylum somewhere. No, honey. The Lord's coming back after us one day because he promised us. Now, that's what the songwriter said, so I ought to probably line that up with some scripture. Jesus said in John 14, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you. I go to prepare your place, and if I go to prepare your place, I'll come again. And he gave us a promise. We're going to sing that last verse again, and I'm going to watch you. I'm going to, I'm going to watch you, and I'm going to see if you're a bunch of just make believe folk that just say you believe something but you don't really because if you really believe that Jesus is coming back to get us I believe you ought to sing that verse whatever thank you got in you hallelujah sing it loud sing it like you mean it I'm gonna watch you and then if you don't do right that'll let me know if I need to scold you again come on let's sing He promised when his soul ascended. Listen, I'm coming back. The Lord did say, if on his promise you depended on wings of love, you'll soar away. I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to know more about my I'm coming back, the Lord did say, if on his promise you depended on wings of love, you'll soar away. I want to know more about my Jesus. 
Amen. Page 57. And ladies, I want y'all to do the first two verses. Thought about this on the way to church tonight. Boy, I needed Page 57, Amazing Grace. Ladies, y'all sing it out. Y'all, y'all, I remember y'all singing it the other night with Brother Dean, and y'all sung it up here one. I'm telling you, I need to hear from God. Hey, yeah, revival's been good. But you know what? I've had another, I face another battle, face another trial, face another problem. I know God's going to answer all of them one way or the other. God's still God. I'm not, I'm not wandered off. He's not wandered off. <laughs> He's still God, and His grace is still grace. Ladies, I want you to sing the first two verses, and men's going to help on the last two. Amen. Y'all sing it out. I'll start you out. Sing to him tonight. Sing to him. <laughs> Sing to him. Not to me. Sing to him. Everybody on this third one. Praise God without music. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. 
something to praise God for, play softly, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. It's the way we do things around here, it's all about the Lord. You don't have to wait till later on in this service to get things right with the Lord. Matter of fact, you probably aren't not put it off because we're not promised another moment. If God's already dealing with your heart, and you may say, as a preacher, I'm nervous. Nah, that's really conviction. Nervous might be if somebody put a gun to your head or knife to your throat. But when you're standing there and so I'm feeling funny, preacher, that's probably good old-fashioned conviction. And that's the Spirit of God telling you you need to come to Jesus. You may say, Preacher, I don't know what to do. That's why God's put a light here so we can shine the light and help you. People's are praying, and but there's folks here tonight that you're on the you really feel like right now, you know, I'd kind of like to go on and get saved. I don't want to wait no longer. Why don't you slip out of your seat right now and come and and we'll have somebody be right here, grab their Bible and and we'll sure enough show you how to be saved according to that Bible, not according to man. We're not asking you to come join a church. We're not asking you to come get a, involved in some cult. I want to invite you to come to Christ. Come to Christ tonight. Come and trust the Lord for your Lord and your Savior. You may say, would he really forgive me, preacher? Ah, oh, yeah, that's what he came for, to seek and to save that which was lost. Would you slip out of your seat and come on right now before we go any further in the service? You may say, Preacher, I've been saved, but I have wandered so far away from the Lord. Won't you come and kneel down in this altar and just tell God you're coming home tonight? And you wandered so long and so far, but you're just coming back. Some of you might need to get forgiveness of pride, arrogance. I mean, just thinking more of yourself than what you really are to. Why don't you slip out and come as they play that? Would you slip out and come? And we're not going to drag this part of it out. I just want you to know you can come to Jesus anytime here. Right in the middle of our song service, you can come. You can come. I don't know, but I just feel a, a soothing spirit in here tonight. It's not a wild spirit. It's a soothing spirit. It's just a, almost just like calming your nerves, just, just calming you down just a little bit. And I'll tell you, we need that sometimes. We just need the Lord just in a still, small voice just to, calm us and just give us that word that 
everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You don't have to dress up real stuff. You don't have to dress up the real stuff. Nah. Nah, we don't have to make believe. I couldn't play church when I was a lost dope head. I couldn't even play church then. I sure ain't going to play church now. Nah, this thing's real. We're getting ready to check out and go on to glory. Lord's soon coming back. Lord's soon coming back. Are you going? I ain't going because I'm a preacher. I'm going because I've been born again. Saved by the grace of God. Trusted Jesus and the blood has washed my sins away. I want y'all to keep that in mind. You can be seated. You're hearing you're lost. The Holy Ghost ain't going to turn you loose now. She you think you dodged a bullet, nah. That just means you're going to have to sit there and endure it a little longer. God, deal with your heart. It didn't even get him a moment. You just run on over to this altar. Somebody will meet you. And we'll help you. Miss Robin, come here. Miss Robin going to sing at least three songs for us tonight. I want to sing about three songs, and then we'll see where we're going to go from there. Don't y'all love Miss Robin? You don't love Miss Robin, you ain't saved. Just a fact of the matter. Just a fact of the matter.
one like him. Desperately, if you don't know him and he loves you, he wants wants to love on you and be your comfort and be your God and be your everything. And he is. Sure, they all would drown, and great fear 
still on wheels. But God yeah. said unto Moses, <laughs> yes, amen. But God said unto Moses, stretch your hand out o'er the sea. The waters he rolled back for them, yes. he'll do the same amen. for me. <laughs> I'm sin they dash so high sometimes I think I'm gone Go but Amen. when I think I'm gonna sink Woo! I raise my hands up high. <laughs> that great big hand of God comes down and takes a hold of Walking on the sea, he looked around and saw the waves, and he began to sing. But Jesus heard his cry for help. Oh, my Lord, save me. He stretched forth his hand. To him, he'll do the same for me. Big head 
takes a hold of Run the tires off of your vehicle to find any better singing than what we've heard at the lighthouse over the last two weeks. Come on, Brother Dean. Appreciate the good man of God. Hallelujah. That's what I was talking about a while ago. We're not crazy. Nah. We'll go home to the right place after a while, we'll get in the right car. We'll know where our credit card is in the morning. That's right. This stuff will make you do right and act right. Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, the first gospel in the New Testament. Matthew and the fourth chapter. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? I want to thank y'all for your kindness and your hospitality. Thank the Lord for the fellowship of the gospel that we have partaken of in the Lord's presence. Thank the Lord. In Matthew, we shall see where the devil says to Jesus to fall down and worship me. And in Matthew 4, verse 10, then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, I'm glad I have a Bible. Jesus could have pulled from his miracles. Matter of fact, he created the devil. He could have snuffed him out right then. But he reached down in a scabbard that you can wear on your side, and he pulled the sword. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I got news for you. Worship is not something you ought to think about doing. It's something you've been commanded to do. I need a little help. I have something other news for you. Getting saved is not an option. You're commanded to repent. Somebody said, when should I get saved? The moment you understand you're lost. You're commanded. To repent. And God's not playing games. You had better. Because in a little while you'll stand before God. 
I'd rather stand with him than have to stand before him. He's so good to us, isn't he? I bless the Lord. Thank God this is precious scripture. We'll spend a little time in this scripture. We've been in the Old Testament for praise last week. We've been in the Old Testament for worship the last two nights. But we come now to Matthew. And uh, I love this. Matthew 3.16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. I'm not ashamed of being an old-time Baptist. Water baptism don't save you, but he did it and told us to do it. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Notice that plural, the heavens. It came from the third down to the first. All of them had to open. What about that? The heavens opened. Genesis 1, 1. Didn't say plural. In the beginning, God created not the heavens, but the heaven and the earth. And a few verses down, when he put a firmament, is the day there became a division. It's the day there became a division. Then there was a first heaven where we breathe air, a second heaven where stars twinkle, and a third heaven where God sits. I want you to understand, you don't have to imagine fantastical dimensions. We're dealing with literal directions. The earth is the only thing you made. Evolutionists making up all that other stuff. You read me Genesis 1 and then we'll talk. If you want to know where God is, look up. He's on the other side of that blue veil. Right there. This is not, it's not a dimension that's another realm of your mentality, of your mental state. It's an actual direction. He's right up there. Other side of that blue veil. The people with the billions and trillions of stuff, they're lying to you. He's right there. I need a little help. Hell's cooking right down there. This ever-expanding infinite universe from a big bang and a poof, and then everything wide. There's life on other planets. No, all that's made up. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is his footstool. You're making up everything else. Take me to Waffle House for more details. This is all there is. 
He made two lights. Y'all ever read Genesis 1? You ever sit in a government school? Do you want to believe the government or do you want to believe God? He made two lights. They're both lights. He had day and night before there was ever a sun and a moon. You could reach up there right now and pull the sun out and the moon out and you'd still have a day dawn in the morning. There's a day and a night before there was ever two lights hung in them. I need a little help. How does the Bible feel to you? Does it feel better than evolutionists and atheists? He made two lights, one to rule the day, one to rule the night. You go out every night you want to and look straight up, it's the same set of stars. They've wobbled just a little. And the North Star ain't went nowhere. That's me looking at the North Star. You know, the six days of creation, every one of them said it was good. God saw it and it was good. God saw it and it was good. Except one day. There's only one day he said, and it was so. He didn't say it was good. And that's that second day when he made the firmament, when he put a division between his world and ours. Could that be the same day he prepared hell? Could that be the same day, Brother Joe, Brother Joe? That he prepared a hill. That he prepared the hill outside Jerusalem on Calvary. The same day he prepared hell and the same day that he put a division in our world. But he just said it was so. But I'm glad I got me a New Testament. There is another soul coming. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him how you ever stick the wrong doctrine of election and predestination into the gospel of John, I do not know. You skip chapter 1 and chapter 3. Yeah. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. That blows away election. <laughs> and so he said that whoever would receive him could become the Sons of God. Mm. Bless the Lord. And so in Matthew 3.16, I like John 3.16, but I also like Matthew 3.16. All three of the Godhead standing in there. Jesus, there's the Son. 
went up straightway out of the water, lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God. There's the Holy Ghost. It's not a force, not a feeling, not a mystical entity. He's a person. He's God. Holy Spirit's person. Holy Spirit's God. And then verse 17, here comes the Father. There's the Son in the water, the Spirit <laughs> halfway between the two worlds, and God in the, they is in all three at the same time. This is where I may run through a window right here. Jesus is on earth. The Spirit of God is halfway between the both, and God the Father sitting in the glory world. All three of him was in all three worlds. All three of him was in all three heavens. The Father was sitting in the third heaven. The Spirit was making his way through the second. And the Son of God was breathing oxygen in the first heaven. Amen. He done that to save all three parts of me in all three worlds. I'm body, soul, and spirit. Jesus took a body, God is a spirit, and the Holy Ghost moved into my soul. Amen. All three heavens have been cleared. His blood came out his body in the atmosphere of the first heaven. Hebrews 9, he carried it through the second heaven, passed through the heaven, and then he poured it out on the mercy seat in the third heaven. Verse 17, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'd like to echo me too. He's mine and I'm well pleased. The old preacher said, if there wasn't a heaven or a hell, I'd still choose this life because Jesus is so good. Then another old preacher said, if Jesus was to put me in hell, I'd still want to serve him on earth. That took your breath a little. But he's so good, he should put me in hell. I'm so bad. (laughs) You ought to love him and thank him even no matter what he was to do. I'm just glad he promised that he would let me be with him. If I'd come to him now, he'll come to me later. Love the song she sang. Look at the end of Matthew chapter 1. If I was writing the Bible, there'd be a gospel according to Joseph. Wouldn't you want the man to write a gospel who raised the Lord Jesus? (laughs) I'd have a gospel of Joseph. What was his first word? Did the two-year-old Jesus ever throw a tantrum? Uh 
Did he ever wiggle his finger in the backyard and rainbows danced across the sky? Did you ever hold that child in your lap and he kissed you on the cheek without you asking? Did the incarnate God ever kiss your cheek? <laughs> Mary, did you ever think that's God eating my soup? What was his first word? Got me a bucket list for that thousand year reign, and that's on it. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna go talk. I'm gonna go talk to Mary and Joseph in that millennial reign. I got a bucket list. Brother Joe, you can go with me. You can go with me, Brother Joe. We probably ain't gonna be able to find Brother Frankie. He'll be somewhere. <laughs> Let's say, where's Brother Frank? He said, well, he was shouting at the throne a while ago, but I think he's over there fishing in the river of life. <laughs> Him and Ezekiel be over there in the river fishing. I want to go to Mary and Joseph's mansion. And I want to ask her. I want to ask her what all she told John. When John had her in her retirement years. Because John finished his gospel and he said, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books if all the things which he did <laughs> were written. What did you tell John? What did you know? What did you see? And did he ever go down once a year when the sheep from Bethlehem were headed to Jerusalem for the sacrifices? That's where they were raised, you know. You know, the lambs came from Bethlehem. <laughs> oh, I'd have me a gospel of Joseph. How did his cry sounded that night? Only two men ever carried the body of Christ that we have a record of on earth. Both were named Joseph. One carried him out of the womb. And the other one carried him to the tomb. God only let Joseph God only let Joseph say one word in the Bible. Ethan, me, me and you like to think about and talk about some of those mysterious things. But God only let Joseph put one word in the Bible. I would have let him written half the New Testament. And Paul the other half. But look at the end of Matthew 1. He only got one word in the Bible. And knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the only word he got to say. 
That man married the vessel that God chose, the virgin that God chose to put the divine conception in. And he took her in his arms. Joseph. What are you going to tell us, Joseph? Jesus. The name says it all. <laughs> the old black preacher in the deep south woods said that name. You could burn all the songbooks and a little bird would still sing. Said you could take fire and try to burn that name out, but it'll burn longer than the fires would burn. Said so that name is older than time, it's louder than sound, it's longer than length, it's higher than the heavens. That name called his name Jesus. I love Matthew 2. We own worship, Pastor. Well, here's the word. Matthew 2, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, he was last week, Judah. In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Stop right there. wonder if Daniel ever got really tore up about how he had to be raised in the heathen land, not his homeland. Wonder if Daniel ever wondered where God was. Wonder if Daniel ever wondered why he couldn't live in Jerusalem. Wonder if Daniel ever wondered what was he doing in that lion's den. Why did he have to be raised over here in this far eastern land? Because of that verse. How you think them fellers figured anything out? Oh, y'all ain't helping me. I can't do your homework for you. How do you think wise men from the East, what had they read, what had they studied, what had they heard that made them look for him? Maybe one of the greatest prophets ever. They made a mistake. The enemy brought him into the headquarters. Rut row. We should have left him back in Jerusalem. We brought him into headquarters and he's took over. <laughs> Old brother Dana Williams said God was in Babylon and Daniel in Babylon. You ever wondering how come you don't get to live like you want to, where you want to, and God ain't answered none of your prayers, but he's got you over there in a strange place? It may be because he wants to be there. So maybe you're going to leave something there that they need. And God ain't worried about what you want. He's worried about what they need. He'll have a thousand years to be real good to you. Help me now. 
there came wise men. How'd they get that wise? <laughs> Saying, mm. while we're having a good time, you want to go on and have a good time? God sent Daniel to the east. Because that's where Cain went. We had to follow up all of Cain's sorcery and wickedness. Had to send a prophet over there. It's where Nimrod built the tower. So God sent Daniel over there to build a prayer tower. You couldn't see it with your eyes. He done it at the window. Y'all ain't helping me. You want to chase a rabbit? It's a fat rabbit. It's got a good fur on it. <laughs> a 200 million man armies coming from the east during the tribulation. Do you know what they just opened up when they cleared out Afghanistan? You know the Chinese communists that are living in our capital and run our country now? Won't be long, you'll be arrested for saying stuff like that. They're doing it in Canada and England. We're next. I don't want my children to suffer in a natural cause, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm sick of all these backslid Baptists. Church fires may not get started until we have martyr fires. You know what opened up when they cleared out Afghanistan? The old silk trade route. The old silk route. It's a natural flow from China, from the Far East, right to the Middle East, and then on up in Western Europe. That 200 million man army. You know they're somewhere marching right now, rehearsing. Y'all ain't helping me. As an American, I get fighting mad over this stuff. As a Christian, I get shouting happy. <laughs> it depends on if you catch me before I get the Cracker Barrel or not, if you, you run into the American or the Christian. Are y'all all right? Play with this a little bit. Ethan, here we go, son. How come our enemy's coming from the east? Because that's where God sent them. All right. Zechariah, them two witch women flying around the harlot. Two witnesses on earth. Zechariah 4, two witches in the air. Going back to the Tower of Babel, the plain of Shinar. That's her base. That 200 million man army coming over. You know, all our inventions, they had languages, written languages before anybody else. They had gunpowder before anybody else. They developed silk before we developed any good arts and sciences, if you would. Do you know how they say China? And you go research it, you say, China. Hmm, somebody got expelled to the east over there who had knowledge of the garden.
You want to go to Waffle House, you can hear more. <laughs> There's no record of him dying. I don't reckon he's still over there, but there's an old enemy over there, and they're coming over here. Now, when I say here, this is where Americans are egocentrical. They're coming over to Jerusalem. It's the center of the world, not your, uh, you ain't the center of the universe. I'm going to mess up all the Americans. Now, America, you can't... Bible students search high and low to find America in prophecy. It's because we be's not theirs. I think America served the most unique place in the world history for God's program is to serve the church and to serve Israel right before the last days. When he's done with the church age, he'll be done with this nation. And then everything's shifting right back over there. Y'all ain't helping me. Oh, things are bad in America. The Lord must be coming back. I got nothing to do with it. It's Jerusalem. For Bible students, it's more the city of Jerusalem than it is the land of Israel. Your prophecies are centered around a city. He's got a city prepared for us. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. Now here came these wise men from the east. Where is he? Are y'all in Matthew 2? Please look at it. You need, your, you need to hear from your Bible, not from Brother Dean. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Mm. We have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. <laughs> That's your first question in the New Testament. Do you know the first question God ever asked in the Old Testament? Adam? Where art thou? First question we see God in the Old Testament asking man where he was. First question you see in the New Testament is man asking where God is. First question in the Old is where are you man that died? First question in the New, where is this God that's born? First question in the Old, where is the king of the garden that died? First question in the New, where's the king of the Jews that's born? First question in the old, God's looking for man who's lost. First question in the new, man's looking for Jesus who came because we were lost. <laughs> Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Did you know before God asked a question in, in the old, before man asked a question in the new, there was a question that preceded all of them. It's when the serpent came in the garden and he talked to the woman. Yea, hath God said? If you think the new Bibles aren't dangerous, I remind you that the devil never did deny the word of God. He just put a little question on it. Uh -huh. 
there were no questions in God's world before Satan brought a question. And now we got nothing but questions. Mm. And and don't think the Lord's uh, come to give you answers. That's a little egocentric of you. To think you can demand God and he has to give you an answer. This outfit in our universities and in our large cities and Hollywood and the media. And they got everybody questioning. They even have my generation of youngins questioning if they're a man or a woman. Because they don't believe Genesis 1. They got a lot of questions. He didn't come to give you answers. You read in the Gospels, every time they asked Jesus a question, he'd fire back with one. They'd say, well, he'd say, well, you got to do it. The overwhelming majority of the time, he answered a question with a question. He didn't come to give you answers. He ain't worried about your mind. He come to give you anchors. He come not to save your mind, but to save your soul. You'll get all your questions answered the first minute you're on the other side. And you give me enough time in the millennial reign and I'll get some more answers. <laughs> I'm going to see Mary and Joseph. He'll be fishing under the tree of life. Probably chewing on one of them beautiful leaves <laughs> for the healing of the nations. Fishing. Catch rainbow trout ten foot long that walk up to the hook and grab a hold of it and come on up and put themselves in the frying pan. I'm looking forward to the millennial rain. <laughs> you know there's got to be grease in the millennial rain. It's going to be good. If we were saved by grace, we'll get kept by grease. I'm hoping. I'm just hoping. I, I don't know if we can have any hog fat on the other side, but I'm hoping. I mean, one can wish. That's Baptist. It's a good thing we can't slip out, slide out. Come here and we'll be done in a moment. Matthew 4, get back to this worship. Mm. Mm. Verse 1, Jesus led of the spirit of the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Forty days and forty nights, hungered, tempter came to him. I'm in verse 3 and said, if thou be the son of God. I'm not going to preach on this. There's an hour of preaching right here. Would everybody look at Matthew 3, 17? What did God say? I'm looking for the first three words. What did the Father say when he spoke out of heaven? This is my beloved son. What was the first word out of the tempter's mouth in verse 3? If. Only reason the devil showed up to say if, because God showed up and said is. Well, hey. 
If he ever attacks you about your salvation, that's a pretty good sign that you are. Yes, sir. He only comes and puts an if where God has already came and put an is. Yes. The devil never goes to a lost man and says, you're probably not saved. He's not interested in being a good soul winner. Only reason that the devil tried to put an if on the sonhood of Christ is because the Father done put an is on that. And in my Bible, I circled is and drew a line down to if. If you wrestle with doubts and fears and the devil tells you if... I don't want you to think there's something wrong with you. I want you to think that there's something right with you. But I'm so confused. So how did I not know that this is not the Spirit of God telling me? You said you're what? Confused. God is not the author of... Okay, what is the work of the Holy Spirit? Young preacher, trivia right here. Like when the Holy Ghost comes to what? Bring old time Holy Ghost conviction. He comes to convince men of sin. So, if the Holy Spirit's working on you, you're going to be convinced or confused? Well, I can tell you. You're going to be convinced. The only one that brings the word of confusion is the evil one. Holy Spirit will convince you both sides. You're lost. You're lost. I'm lost. I don't want to be lost. You're saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. He'll convince you you're lost, and then you can get saved, and then he'll convince you you're saved. And only until all that takes place, then the devil's like, ooh. I don't like that. I'm going to go work on that. See if I can bring confusion. Yes, sir. So if something's working on you and it leaves you confused, it ain't the Spirit of God. That's right. That's right. Amen. If. So we come down through these scriptures and they're wonderful. Look in verse 8. Again. Third time, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if that will fall down and worship me. You know, he is temporarily the God of this world with a little G. He is temporarily the prince of the power of the air. Where is that mountain? A mountain so high that you can see all the kingdoms of the world. Come with me to Waffle House. We'll stay up. We'll stay up to two and talk about it. Don't you underestimate the power of Satan? You read Job chapter one. He had power with the heathen. He snapped his fingers and two Sabaeans and Chaldeans, two heathen army come in there and tore up everything Job had. He's got power with the heathen. 
He's got power with health if God allows it. He said, you let me touch his body. Go ahead. And boils all over Job. He's got power with the heavens. Read Job 1. Great wind and great fire. Fire from heaven. You be real careful about believing everything you see preachers do and churches do. You ain't got but one standard to go by, and it ain't how you felt and what you saw. It's the Word of God. It's the Holy Scripture. Dear friend, 2 Thessalonians 2, when that Antichrist gets here working in the power of Satan, he's going to be, if it were even very possible, to deceive the very elect with all power and signs and lying wonders. And in Job 1, if he could call fire out of heaven and a wind, is that not the two symbols of the Holy Ghost? Young preacher that we saw in Acts 2, a great wind and fire. He's got power with wind and fire. He's got the power of the heavens, power with the heathen. He's got power with hell. He's got power with your heart. Was not Job's wife his heart? Woman was taken from there. That's, it's the man's heart. And Satan hit that. He broadsided that thing with a ball, one of them wrecking balls. And Job sat there and his sweetheart tore up his heart. And she said, let's just curse God. Tell you something, he work on your heart. And your heart's deceitful and desperately wicked. And my generation is all about psychologists and psychiatrists. They think they understand your heart. They think they can help you with your heart, get to the heart of the matter. Their heart's as wicked as yours. Sigmund Freud was high on cocaine 30 straight years. The father of all modern psychology. We got a generation of women that are pastored by Oprah Winfrey and the Jezebels on The View. Mm. Yeah, he's got power with your heart. You better not believe your lying eyes and you better not listen to your cheating heart. That ought to be a good song, Your Cheating Heart. There's a tune running through my head. It's coming to me right now. Your Cheating Heart. Boy, I'm in the songs right there. I ought to write this. Ah! Oh, Kentucky's a bad influence on me. I get around him, he's just a bad influence. Ah, that's right, ain't it, brother? <laughs> you better not, your heart. What shall I do? Run to the cross, run to the Savior, run to an altar, and don't tell him how good you are, tell, tell him how bad you are. Lord, my heart. Pull it out there and say it's full, of, it's full of black, dark, ugly things. It's lying to me about you. 
Satan appealed to Adam's heart to mess him up and he appealed to Eve's head to mess her up because her gift was not her head but her heart. And Adam's gift was not his heart but his head. Man is made to be the head, woman is the heart. So he talked to Eve's head and then he stuck a dagger in Adam's heart. You need each other. You know, there is male and female. They're opposite. God meant them to be together. Not male and male, not female and female. And I'm not just saying that to get a rise out of y'all. This is an evil, awful twist. If the Lord don't come back, you've got to preach to that generation. And they're so twisted. They're trying to put women with women. And men with, and we got to do more. We got to do more than just holler about it like a smart aleck. We got to, we got to give them Jesus. Amen. They're all going to be suicidal. You don't break God's law. God's law breaks you. Amen. These women kill their babies, son. And these girls chop off their parts and try to be a boy, and these. Boys chop off their parts and try to be a girl. They're all going to be suicidal dope heads before they're 20. Suicidal, son. The devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he's here like a wrecking ball at the end of the church age. You say, can God save a pervert? Can God save a sodomite? Can God save somebody, a transgender? Romans 1 gives a tough, tough executive sentence. You can reach a point. He turns you over to a reprobate mind. But thank God that ain't the only verse in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6. Me and you refer to San Francisco as where all the homosexuals. In Bible days, they called them Corinthians, Sodomites. And Paul said, let me tell you who's not going to inherit the kingdom. Not the effeminate, nor the abusers of themselves with mankind. Pastor, I know there's children in here. The abuser would be the one playing the husband, the effeminate, the one playing the wife. And then Paul said, I'm about to run to Greenville, dance with the gates of the city. Such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified. Thank God. He can save you before you go so far you get turned over to a reprobate mind. There's a space of grace where God can save. There's a space of grace. I think twice, Brother Hunt, he gave them up, he gave them up, then he gave them over. I, I may have that flipped, I don't know. Gave them over, gave them over, and then gave them up. But there's a, it's three times in Romans. And oh, preacher, it's kind of like three strikes and you're out. But somewhere with strike one and strike two, somewhere before strike three, <laughs> there's a pinch hitter that'll come in for you if you'll just put the bat down. Yeah. 
he already hit a home run. Go ahead and take all the bases. We'll cheer all the way around. Amen. You ain't got to strike out. You can get home safe. I'm writing a sermon. It's going to be too mean to preach to people alike. Y'all will never hear it. Baptist verses that ain't in the Bible. I'm making a list of them. One day, and I'm going to need to be upset or I won't be able to preach it right. If I've had a good day and a full belly, it'll be, I'll probably sound like Joel Osteen. It'll be just pitiful. <laughs> Jennifer needs to burn my biscuits. I need to have a flat tire on the way to the service. Pastor needs to have fed me gravel. Then I'll be able to preach it right. Baptist verses that ain't in the Bible. Well, we ain't never done it this way. Now, there's a fine line between faith and foolishness. Here's one. Here's one, Pastor Hunt. Here's one. Yesterday's home runs don't win today's ball game. Jesus went to bat for all of us 2,000 years ago. He swung and hit it so hard that it hasn't landed yet. And for 2,000 years, people have been running the bases and coming in home safe. They hadn't, the ball hadn't even landed yet. Go ahead and take all the bases and slide in home. The enemy's like, we don't even know where the ball is. We don't even know where the ball is. Well, now we had a good service last night, but that ain't no good tonight. Really? The eternal word that the Son of God put in your system last night has already petered out. Wow. I'm just thinking you ain't saved. Because that ain't how he works. Anything he ever said spoke into your system out of that book and out of the Holy Spirit will last with you forever. It'll never leave you. And when he's, you know, the disciples never understood nothing he said the whole three and a half years. But it was in there. He said, don't worry, when he, the Holy Spirit, will come, he'll bring all things to your remembrance. You say, well, last week was on praise. Yep, and that praise is in you, and it ain't leaving. Stuff God put in your system 40 years ago, 27 years ago, 32 years ago, 55 years ago. Little things he said, little things he did. They're still, that ball hadn't landed yet. Oh, good night. You've been getting your sermons off IamAStupidPreacher.com. <laughs> Now, that was plumb mean. Y'all need, Joe, Brother Joe, you and Brother Joe are making me mean tonight. Y'all need, y'all need to quit. Because <laughs> we got to go to Waffle House with my buddies down there. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I 
I'm nearly done. Verse 9, one more thing. All these things will I give thee, said Satan. Wow. Doesn't that curdle your hair? Isn't that, isn't that just so backwards, unnatural? Satan saying to the Son of God, I'll give you this. If thou will fall down and worship me. He'd been waiting a long time. He'd been waiting a long time to say that. Look how the tables are turned. Son of God stands before him now in a human body. In a seemingly inferior setting. And he's able to talk to him like this. Do you know how their story started? With Jesus on the throne and Lucifer in front of him. Before him in an inferior setting. I need a little help. Light bearer, light reflector. There are three mighty angels in a category of their own, and I, I can't prove this, but I believe it. The Bible speaks of my own angel. We got Michael, Gabriel, and we had Lucifer. Am I right? And you've heard it. Some y'all been around a long time. Michael's the judgment angel. He's the death angel. He's he's the war angel for the nation of Israel. I believe Michael serves the Father. Gabriel is that heavenly messenger. He always comes with sweet. He don't come with judgment. He comes with sweet messages. I believe he works in tandem with the Holy Spirit. Lucifer, the most beautiful, the most majestic, the most glorious. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, and Job 39 and 40, the Leviathan. Those three scriptures will describe to you this Magnificent and now malevolent creature, Lucifer, originally, now Satan. He was supposed to work with Jesus. He was to stand there and reflect glory and give glory. And the pipes in his chest and the beauty in his being was all to worship Jesus. Somebody said, well, they robbed the bank and shot up the town and ran over an old lady on the car out, and they were drunk when they did it. They're acting like the devil. Not really. Here's how you act like the devil. His original sin was standing before Jesus in the throne room refusing to give him glory. There are more people acting like the devil in church on Sunday morning than the, than the heathen on Saturday night. You in the bar adultering and cursing and fighting and drinking, you're acting like a sinner. But if you come to the church house, get in his prayer on Sunday morning and just look at him like you're God, you're not going to give him glory. You're thinking about taking that throne for yourself and running your own life. You won't go to the altar. You won't raise your hands. You won't sing to him. You love 101 things other than him. You're acting like the devil. And in a little while, you'll be acting like you have devils. The Lord says something here is beautiful. Get thee hence. 
I'm going to tell you all something. You ever have to deal with the devil? Over there disputing over the body of Moses in the book of Jude. He said he durst not bring against him a railing accusation. I believe it was that Archangel Michael. But he said the Lord rebuked him. You ain't enough to tackle him on your own. But did you know the amazing thing is? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He said, then the devil leaveth me. Am I right? What verse is that, preacher boy? What verse is that? Y'all see it? Then the devil leaveth him. Eleven. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. <laughs> is it verse 11? Eleven is the number of chaos and confusion. And after you've had a good season in the wilderness with the devil, you'll be sitting there in chaos and confusion. But angels are on the way and they're going to they're going they're going to give you cold water and angel cake. They minister them to him. Oh way in the millennial rain I'm looking them boys up. Gabe. Show me them angels that minister to Jesus in the wilderness. Which ones are they? I want to talk to him. Where's Frankie? He's fishing. Don't worry about Frankie. I got Joe with me and Joe with me. We've just left Mary and Joseph. We want to talk to them angels. We want to talk to them angels that ministered to Jesus when he came out of the wilderness after fighting wild beasts and the devil. Just curious. If, I want to know how they ministered. How low was it? How weary was he? How sick was his body? How exhausted was he? What did he say when you mocked his brow and put cool water in his mouth? What did he say? Did he say anything? What did y'all say? Tell me about it. What, John? If, if you'd have written down everything, the world couldn't contain it. Ephesians, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. It's going to take a long time for us to understand how good he is and how God he is. All you got to do is resist him. You ain't got to outsmart him. You ain't got to outmaneuver him. You ain't got to outflank him. Just stand your ground. They say when an elephant charges, stand your ground. They say when a lion charges, stand your ground. They say when a bear charges, stand your ground. They say when Hillary Clinton charges, run, run, <laughs> run. But that, sorry, I, didn't, I, got, I got sidetracked there. Y'all need to be nice. I've been sitting in the back with Ethan and I'm backslid back there. We back there making fun of all of y'all. Ethan was, I wasn't. I wasn't pastor. It was, I wasn't pastor. It was Ethan. What about Goliath? Ain't nobody fought Goliath. Ain't nobody touched Goliath. Just the soldiers of the nation of Israel just gathered up in a knot and just stood there. You know, 
come to think of it, Goliath didn't fight nobody. He didn't touch nobody. And he didn't whip nobody. 40 days. Well, if he's that big and bad, come on in. Do you know if you'll just resist the enemy, they can't get no further? Well, some of y'all quit trying to figure everything out and just make you stand. Ain't that what them boys did in the book of Daniel? King, we don't know if God will deliver us. We know he can. We don't understand how all that's going to work, but we're not bowing. We're going to make a stand. Y'all quit trying to figure out if everybody likes you on Facebook or not. Quit trying to figure out if it's going to turn to your gain or not. Quit trying to figure out are you going to be okay at the end of the day and just make your blessing stand. Chips land where they fall. Him only shalt thou worship. What a day that'll be. What a day that'll be. I'm done. There's something I've had in my mind ever since you asked me to deal with praise and with worship. When I preached in Peru, South America, on a Sunday morning, standing in our church porch, looked up on the mountain, and them Roman Catholic, them Peruvians, it was around Easter time, they're climbing that rocky mountain, hands and knees, with crosses and whips, bleeding from their knees, from their hands, from their back, crawling up that mountain, carrying rough, rough splintered crosses and beating theirself with whips, shedding their blood, trying to worship a God they don't understand has already shed his blood for them. It's been in my mind on how far they were willing to go to do what they thought was worship. Folks, he doesn't climb the hill for us. He shed his blood for us. Least I can do is stand on my feet, fall on my face, praise and worship. Our heads are bowed. I'm going to ask the piano player to come. I want us to stand. I'm going to pray, and you give the altar call, Brother Hunt. I'm going to pray. Let's all stand. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for being good to us, for being kind to us. Thank you for helping us in the preaching hour tonight. Oh God, we will walk out of here and our lives reflect your glory, your love and your light. Oh Lord. Anybody need to come and say thank you? Come out of your seat and tell the Lord Jesus, thank you. Anybody need to come and confess your sins? We have a high priest. Anybody need to come dedicate their life afresh and anew to serving Christ? You come.
If anybody needs to be saved, you come. Come to Christ. He'll take you. Altars open, would you come? Would you come? It's been a long time since some of you have even walked the aisle and gotten an altar. Even for whatever reason, to thank Him, just to pray, or even to confess sin, pray on behalf of somebody else. Don't wait till your world falls out from under you to push you to an altar. Would you slip out right now before your world completely crumbles under you? Say, I just want to come to Christ. Would you slip out and come? What about it, Christians? Is church becoming just a bore to you? It's just not as exciting as it used to be. sitting there and I was thinking Brother Dean was talking about the services still has an effect and I remember when keep playing sister when I was diagnosed back in 2019 I guess as a diabetic the night before me and Ethan and Hope had went out to eat, and, and I'd love sweet tea. You could put an IV of sweet tea in me, and it wouldn't have been enough. But I drank a lot of sweet tea that night because I didn't know I was a diabetic. When I went in the next morning and got tested, my sugar was 335. So what I had a hold of the night before showed up the next morning. I'm going to tell you something. If you ever get a hold of real stuff yesterday of the Lord, it'll show up tomorrow. And it'll show up in the next days to come. There's a whole lot of what I believe right now, a whole lot of stuff that comes back up in my mind and stuff that I heard and learned as a little child at the little country church. Stuff that God put in there years and years ago, and now it's up to him to get it back out. It lasts. God said his word not return void. And it'll last. That's why, Christians, you can't fornicate and go out and act the fool and do crazy stuff and enjoy it. You know, it, it don't taste like it did when you was lost. <laughs> it don't taste like it did when you was lost. Now, if you can enjoy it, pretty good chance you've never been saved. Amen. 
So I'll tell you, I'll take what's real, and it'll have some lasting results. It's been good to be here tonight. Let's take up our offering. We haven't done that, have we? All right, let's take up our offering. I can't remember. going to go in front of you make the bottom of it green all color checks walk slow guys y'all run right by no wonder y'all can't take up no money I ain't getting y'all for Paul Barry. Y'all drop me. You'll be my Paul Barry's. I want you to take your time. Y'all just. Let's invite somebody to be back with us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, 645, 2645 and 7. Be here around that time. And uh, what a blessing, man. I can't believe we're already halfway through the second week of the revival. Man. Well, I'll tell you, I still like going to church, don't you? Brother Dean be cutting out on us. Don't know if it's the will of the Lord or not, but he is. That'd be between him and the Lord and the millennial reign. I'm going to ask the Lord on my bucket list. Was Dean supposed to leave us? I want to know. If he wasn't, he can't go fishing with me. I ain't giving none of my rainbow trout. I ain't giving you none. Give you none. You bringing out so much stuff, I ain't never told no. I said, I'm about to start hating him. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm just about to start hating him. Good, ain't it? All right, Brother Tony Finney will be preaching for us tomorrow night in Brooklyn. Brooklyn Baptist Church Choir will be here tomorrow night. I have some days mixed up with my singers, but the Jimmy Justice family will be here Friday night. So let's really be praying for the next two nights, and then we're going to see what God does for the third week. And uh, I'm open for it. And you say, preacher, I don't think we need to. Pretty good evidence right there. You need it. You can't tell me you've been revived if you want it then. Only non-revived folk don't want to continue on with revival. That's the truth right there. Amen. Let's look to the Lord. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Brother Joe Marshall, dismiss us in prayer, friend.